Another statue of an American hero is removed because, you know, racism. Uh, if you see Taylor Swift as a hero, that might say something about you, and it's not good. And, uh, and the narcissism of the trans cultists comes out again during the Israeli-Hamas conflict. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Almost forgot to say something during the introduction, but um, so there is a actually good news. This was last week, and I love when this stuff happens. I won't lie, I, and a lot of it is because I'm a runner. Okay, I do like to run. And I do pay attention to this stuff. So just let's get to this first. Uh, according to the Washington Post, uh, Kelvin Kiptum of Kenya lowered the world record in the marathon on Sunday. This was a week from Sunday. It was about a week and a half ago. Nearly breaking the two-hour barrier while winning the Chicago Marathon. Dutch runner Safin Hassan added another highlight by running the second-fastest women's marathon. Kiptum, 23 I, of course, uh, the Washington Post had to add the women's runner coming, having the second fastest all time, even though that really doesn't mean shit. But they had to do Well, let's give it to the Washington Post. At least they reported this. Kiptum, 23, finished the race, run in op, it ran in optimum conditions in two hours and 35 seconds, breaking the world record of two hours, one minute, and nine seconds set by fellow Kenyan Ilud Kipchong in 2022 Berlin Marathon. Kenya's Benson Kiptaro was second with 204.02, and Bashir Abdi of Belgium was third with 204.32. Four Americans, Connor Mance, Clayton Young, Galen Rupp. Galen Rupp's a big one. He's actually... He, I think he won the gold medal in the marathon in the Olympics uh, two years ago. And Sam Chenga all cracked the top 10, which is very good. So why is this an amazing story? And not because Sifan Hassan came in with the second fastest women's time, because no one cares. And by the way, you notice they didn't put the second fastest women's time because it was two hours and like 25 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, she wasn't even in the top 50 American, 50, uh, 50 marathoners. So, I again, it's the Washington Post. Give it. What's amazing about this is two hours and thirty five minutes, thirty five seconds is an amazing time. There was a time when the world record for the men's marathon was like two hours and fifty minutes, three hours. I remember when they broke two hours and 10 minutes and they said that was amazing. What is going to be amazing about this is that that two hour limit is going to be broken. We are going to break. Human beings are going to break the two hour limit, two hour boundary. And when we break the two hour boundary, that two hour boundary is going to be broken about 50 times. I remember when the four minute barrier in the mile was seen as unreachable. No one could break the four-minute barrier. And then somebody did. They broke the four-minute barrier. They won the race in like three hours and 58, three minutes and 58 seconds. And right after that, the world record was broken about, oh, something like eight times in the next two months. 
what's what's amazing about this is the human body is just an amazing machine. It can go faster and faster and faster. And there is there is this philosophy that is it possible <clears throat> that man can break the one hour barrier for the marathon. And people have been talking, is there is there any limits? Well, I don't know. I have no I, I kind of want to say I doubt it. But the thing is when you have a dream of actually going out there and seeing if you can break that limit, find find a limit and try and break that limit, like the four-minute barrier. I mean, right now, the world record in the marathon, I think, is like in the one mile, I think is around 340. People are now talking about the one-mile race, which is really hard to find because the one mile has been replaced by the 1500 because of, you know, metric system. So the 1500, of course, is shorter. One mile is 1600 meters. So the, the 1500 is shorter. But the 1500 has been broken a bunch of times. The reality is we probably can break the mile barrier, the 330 barrier in the one mile. We probably have already broken it. But because we don't really run the mile anymore, we run the 1500. In the Olympics, there's no mile. It's only the 1500. Uh, we may never know. But the thought is, what limits does the human body actually have? And we don't know. And when you see that we could be breaking... And by the way, the Berlin Marathon is the fastest marathon in the world. A lot of it's downhill. It's still 50-50 downhill to uphill. So it is not considered the absolute fastest there the the what the two hour barrier has been broken on a pure downhill course. I think the it was broken it was like one hour and fifty minutes, which is still amazing. But it is all downhill, so they, they take that into consideration. And that's why it doesn't count as the fastest marathon. But what's amazing is that we actually are breaking these records. Our bodies do can go beyond the limits we thought could not be broken. We learned that back in the 70s when the four-minute barrier was broken. We learned that in the 1800s when the three-hour marathon was broken. And now we're looking at the two-hour marathon being broken. The question is, is it possible that we could break the hour barrier? Maybe not in our lifetimes. Maybe generations after we're dead, yeah, someone does it. But it's just the thought that there is the possibility. And that's what makes running, makes competing in these races and trying your best that much more important. There is that thought that there is a place that we can go that we've never been. It's kind of like the space race and things like that. You know, Mars. Could man be on Mars? It's that kind of thought. It's that kind of hope. It's that kind of dream that makes for innovation. It's that kind of dream that Elon Musk had when he was younger to put a man on the moon, to put a man in space that created SpaceX. And now there's a realistic chance that during our lifetimes, during my lifetime, because I'm old, 
that we're going to see men on Mars and we're going to see men on the moon again. And yes, don't listen to don't listen to Uncle Charlie. That well, actually, Uncle Uncle Charlie was there during the moon landing. So we did land on the moon, Chad. We did land on the moon. Sorry, there's too much evidence we did land on the moon. But it's for some reason. See, this is what's scary about this generation. This generation doesn't think we landed on the moon. The and that's millennial generation. We're not talking. Gen Alpha or Gen Z. We're talking millennials. Oh, we didn't land on the moon. It's stupid. It's impossible. Uh, well, we did. We've got our... We. I mean, you can take a very powerful telescope and see the landing site. It's not that difficult. We have devices on the moon which measure the distance from the moon to the, to the Earth. We have this stuff on the moon. We you and me can actually use the devices that NASA put on the moon to, to measure the actual distance. It's kind of like, the, it's the same, it is such idiocy, it's the same level of idiocy, idiocy not to believe we're on the moon as to believe that the earth is flat. That's, that's how dumb this whole thing is. But here's the problem the millennial generation has. Here's the problem Gen Z has, and here's the pro Gen Z is going to have. And here's the problem Gen Alpha has. They don't have that dream. They don't have the dream of going beyond man. Like, my, my generation had this. Uh, the baby boomers definitely had it. They're the ones that ended up on the moon. I remember in the 1980s, we launched the space shuttle and even though the space shuttle program was a complete failure we were in hopes that one day we would be able to land a ship on the moon and then take off again and come back to earth we had that dream we still do a lot of us still do but these are the kind of dreams that our younger generations don't have the dream for the younger generation is to be sitting at home playing a video game and being rich. That's their dream. Their dream is to become that next rap star, that next YouTube influencer. They don't have grand dreams like an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos. They don't have those dreams. And then we wonder why these people are in such despair all the time. Because they have nothing, nothing to look forward to. Now, you know, my dreams, same thing. I have dreams. and But the thing is, I go out and I do them. I've written a book. I've finished my second book. I'm editing it right now. I'm doing this podcast. I have dreams of being influencing in some way. And I go for it. But then you look at the millennial. Like Josie is a millennial. My wife is a millennial. And you can see... She doesn't have any of that. She doesn't understand. Well, you can take a hobby, which she sees this as only a hobby, which is fine. It is. My writing of a book, I think, is a little more than a hobby, considering I'm making money off of it. But she sees it only as hobbies. She doesn't see it as a dream of mine to go beyond what I was. And she doesn't have any of those dreams for herself. And the problem is, not necessarily with Josie, who's 42 years old, 
and you know smack dab in the millennial generation the problem is her kids who are gen z's they also have that attitude they don't see a future they don't see something amazing for them they don't have those dreams those hopes to go beyond what they are now that's sad and that's where despair comes from because humanity always needs something if humanity doesn't have those dreams doesn't have those hopes and the only thing you can wish for is to be a some sort of stupid youtube influencer oh my gosh what other area can you hope to land in but despair okay let's get to dumbasses of the day and there are a couple beauties all right so we got like i said we got a couple of uh major dumbasses here the first dumbass well let's just say there's a real huge problem with men finding the perfect women and women finding the perfect man well what part of the problem is it seems like the quote perfect end quote women know they're perfect and have an expectation of wanting more and then the men have to deal with these women and they realize that oh my god what am i dealing with and then they just get away from that and then you end up with nothing and then one day the guy has sex with a woman gets her pregnant and then we got a complete disaster well here's a woman she's being asked this is a guy in a street series and she's being asked um what how much should a man pay on a first date to go out to take her out? Now, mind you, this gal's not terrible looking. She seems okay, okay looking. I mean, we're not talking she's any Barbara Streisand or anything, but she, you know, okay. But she definitely has a high opinion of herself. So let's listen to this broad and understand something. This this is actually quite disturbing. Basically, not because of what she says, but because there are a ton of women that actually have the same attitude. So let's listen. The most a man should spend on a first date. I feel like if I'm going to get ready and I'm going to use all my products to come out with you, I need like a minimum of $200. A minimum. And that's like being nice. And what does a man get in return for that? My presence. What? Aren't you having his presence within you already? I hear you, but no. <laughs> No. I mean, like, I'm here oh, to get different? to know you. I'm here to get to know you. You invited me out. But he has to drop $200. Yeah. Because Minimum. That, yeah. Because just, you just because, me out. Just because you have to do your makeup? Um, because I have to... Okay. So we're going to do the math. My moisturizer is $400. My eye cream is $300. My serum is, like, another $300. My makeup, you know, not included. So if I have to spend, you know, that's my money. I'm spending my money on these products. I'm going to use these products. Who are you using them for, though? For myself. Okay. But I'm going to use these products and I'm going to show up because it's not like I'm going to show up in sweats. The man doesn't owe you anything if you're just getting to know each other. If you're inviting me out, you owe me a date. I am so glad I don't date anymore. I'm so glad to be married. 
and I don't have to date. Because this seems to be the attitude of just about every woman. Complete narcissist. Complete. And by the way, she in the video, if you look at the video, she's standing next to another woman who's, again, okay, but she's sitting there nodding along like, yeah, that's how it should be and blah, blah, blah. But the narcissism of this woman, in other words, you have to use product on yourself. And so I should spend 200 to $300 on a date to get to know you and pay for your product? I, the narcissism, the self, I mean, this isn't even self-confidence. Josie is self-confident. Josie is not like this. But this seems to be the whole, uh, the whole of women. And then they wonder why, you know, if she decides to spread her knees one night and he gets preg and she gets pregnant, the guy just takes off, which by the way isn't a good thing. It's it's a bad thing. But this is the whole thing. She this is a this is a bad person. And men are complaining that, oh my God, I I, I don't want to deal with this with this this materialistic bitch. And the good men that could be married don't want to deal with women like this. And then women like this only go out with men who are just as materialistic as they are. And and they'll spend the money, but they'll expect something in return. They don't get it. They never see her again. And then the woman bitches and moans that she can never find a good man. Well, lady, you're not looking for a good man. You're looking for a sugar daddy. Because this is not, no, right off the bat, if, if let's just say I had taken, hey, my first dates are never, have never been, I, I took Josie, on, our first date was, and at the time I didn't have any money, our first date was at a bar, not a regular bar, but a sports bar, I bought her dinner, couple of drinks, we maybe, I maybe spent 75 bucks on the date, including the tip. Then drove her home, and that was fine. And that was a good date. But this is a woman, and by the way, she's she probably a feminist and all that crap. And the other question I've got for her is, well, why are you? Why is he paying at all? Why aren't you paying? The incredible narcissism and the the just self confident over too much self confidence. Some of these women have. Because they feel comfortable enough to wear a leather miniskirt is just amazing to me. I got news to you, Brad. You ain't worth two to three hundred dollars on a first date. I, I can tell you that. Looking, at, yeah, you're okay. I, you're not two to three hundred dollars on a first date. And I'm sorry if you're expecting me to take you out two three hundreds on a first date. You are a whore. You are a hooker. You should do what I want you to do after. It absolutely incredible, and yes, I do believe that. I'm not spending two to three hundred dollars and not getting anything out of it. Besides her presence, her presence. She said, "What kind of conversation do you think you're going to have with this dumb bitch during dinner, during a three hundred dollar dinner?" Yeah, well, good luck finding a date. I'm sure I wouldn't be surprised if this is all bullshit and the guy takes her out to McDonald's for the first date. Anyway, that wasn't the dumbest thing. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. But this is so common. I'm used to it. The dumbest thing being said was KGB, was Karen Jean-Pierre yesterday. 
And she was talking about, she was asked a specific question about anti-Semitism happening throughout the country. Now, there's a lot of anti-Semitism happening right now because of the Israeli-Hamas war. And for some reason, like I said yesterday, our country seems to be really concentrating on how Hamas are the victims and Israel is the aggressor here. Now, we have open calls for infantada and jihad by these Palestinian groups, whatever that is, because there's no such thing as Palestine, okay? Which means war. They want to kill Jews again. We've had attacks on Jews, open attacks. We, we see them. They're, they're happening. There's film of it. We have a, a woman who was a major Jewish activist being killed in front of her house. Of course, it's not going to be a hate crime. We can tell you that right now. This has nothing to do with a hate crime that a uh, Jewish activist gets stabbed to death in her home. There will be no... This is not going to be a hate crime no matter what, right? Now, if a Jew killed a Muslim, which did happen last week, uh, that's a hate crime. But when a Muslim kills a Jew, that's not a hate crime. That's just random acts of violence. So, again, this is how sad it is. I don't even believe the press when they say things. So this woman who was killed at her home, a Jewish activist, murdered, stabbed to death. We don't know anything about the details. And the first thing the police said, no, this wasn't a hate crime. I I got news here. I don't believe it. We haven't seen anything on this. It's going to disappear like that trans man, that woman that thought she was a man that killed the Christians in the Christian school. We're never going to hear anything about it. So anyway, so here's KGP. She's asked about the incredible amounts of uh, anti-Semitic violence. And here's, here's her answer. And by the way, again, the anti-Semitic violence, we see, we're seeing it. It's not like it's hidden. We see it. So here's what she had to say. Level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel. So a couple of things. Um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats, uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. And certainly President Biden understands that many of our Muslim Arab Arab Americans and Palestinian American loved ones and neighbors are worried about the hate being directed at their communities. And that is something you heard the president speak to in his uh, in his address uh, just last last Thursday. And so uh, one of the things that the president has done is directed his team, uh, uh, Homeland Security team, to prioritize prevention uh, and disruption of any emerging threats that could harm the Jewish, the Muslim, uh, Arab Americans, or, or any other communities. And that is something that the president has sought to do and and since day one, as you know, the president ran on on um, on you know bringing commu- protecting communities, obviously, but bringing people together, the soul uh, uh, protecting the soul of the nation, uh, and so um, that is something that the president takes very very seriously, uh, and. Um, we're going to continue to denounce any sort of hate uh, towards any American here, uh, and so that's what we're going to continue to be steadfast on. Again, he has he has uh, uh, advised, directed his Homeland Security uh, team to make sure that they're on top of this. Okay, did you catch that? 
how did she get into Muslims being threatened? Where did that come from? That I know of right now, there's only been one attack on a Muslim. There have been dozens of attacks on Jews. And we see that. We see them on social media. It's not being hidden. And this stuff's happening in New York. It's happening in Los Angeles. It's happening in Washington, D.C. It's happening everywhere. But you know she had to sneak in the Muslims. Okay, here's a little statistic I learned today. The number of hate crimes against Jews equal 50%. 50% over 50% of the hate crimes are against Jews. Not Asians, not blacks. And of course, you can't have a hate crime against whites because the reality is if you did have hate crimes against whites, there would be over 50%. But against Jews, over 50%. Do you know how many the Muslim community makes up as far as hate crimes? Hate crimes against Muslims? Seven. Seven percent. There is no push for hate crimes against Muslims. It's a lie. But here's the problem. This administration does not support Israel. This administration has to bend down to their leftist base, which are the Muslims, not the Jews. The Jews, the real Jews, the Orthodox, the Orthodox Jews, the real Jews, they don't support this administration. Barack Obama knew it, and that's why he demonized him all the time. But, I mean, to, to sit there and suddenly conflate anti-Semitism with anti-Muslim violence? What an asinine statement. I got news for you. The, it, there has been calls in some countries that Jews need to hide their faith. In I think it was Austria. Yes, Austria. Austria, they have put out a notice saying, if you're Jewish, don't walk around looking like a Jew. Because you will be attacked. This country, we're getting pretty close to having to make that same announcement. But meanwhile, she's somehow... Do, do Muslims need to worry about walking around? No, because nobody attacks them. Absolutely incredible. And then something, again, typical of KGB. She is completely uncomfortable with this question. You can tell. You know why you can tell? She spent four minutes answering it. For, yeah, I mean, the longer her answer is to a question, the more uncomfortable she is with that question, the more she's trying to... She's the kind of gal who speaks before she thinks. I do that all the time, by the way, so I know. And she gets a good idea, and then, boom, it pops out. The problem is the good ideas keep popping. So she's in a, she says one thing, which is one sentence. Then she gets an idea, and then she's got to say another sentence. Then she gets another idea. Then she's got to be say a third sentence, and then she's got to be. She's got the obligatory. The Biden administration has been very clear about this crap that she says every bloody time. And before you know it, a one sentence answer ends up being fifteen minutes. She's notorious for this. She does this every time. It's amazing. Okay, let's get to our uh, first story here. All right. Uh, again, the, the erasure of American history continues. 
According to the New York Post, this happened about a week and a half ago. According to the New York Post, art handlers packed an 884-pound statue of Thomas Jefferson in a wooden crate Monday after mayoral commission voted to banish the likeness of the nation's third president from City Hall, where it resided for nearly two cen- centuries. Why? Why did they do this? Everything is racist. According to the, according to the story, because he owned slaves, the 1833 statue will be on long-term loan to the New York Historical Society, which plans to have Jefferson's model survived, sur- model survive in its lobby and reading room. Carrie Butler, executive director of public design co- of the Public De- Design Commission, that voted to banish the statue, at first tried to block the press from witnessing its removal. But why? Why? He was such a bad guy. Why would you block him from, from removing it? I mean, this is New York. They don't care. Oh, well, they, they did that because uh, there were people that were saying, why are you removing the statue? It's been here for a hundred and some odd years. The commission also attempted to vote on the statue's removal without a public hearing on the controversial move until the Post revealed the plan. So they were going to completely remove this statue, not tell anybody about it, just get rid of the damn thing. Again, this is this is the typical you cannot you cannot have any American history, especially the important American history. Because if you study the important American history, you'll find out that America is actually a really great country. It's a really exceptional country. Instead of saying, well, he owned slaves, Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the Constitution, owned slaves. Um, they can, we can sit back and argue back. Yeah, he owned slaves. He was also an abolitionist. And he also wrote that he, the slavery has to end because slaves were men and all men are created equal and we're not living up to the Constitution. He did say that. He did say that. I, I can look that up for you. He did quote that. So there's that. But you, we can't have that argument because America cannot be an exceptional country. Okay, speaking of trying to make our country as unexceptional as possible, uh, there, then there's Hollywood. So, listen, I, I watch football every weekend, and one of the teams I like to watch is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I, I'm not a big fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, I just think they're a fantastic football team. And for me, with my short attention span, I only need to watch usually about a half of football because they will blow out whoever they have. I just, I really do like the way they look really good. And they're a fun football team to watch. Well, one of the things that's really ruining it for me is this freaking Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey thing. Because here's the thing, these announcers, the cameraman, everyone cannot get off the fact that Travis Kelsey has Taylor Swift as a girlfriend, if Taylor Swift is actually a girlfriend. I can't wait until they break up for two reasons. One, I think it'll be absolute, the the screaming and gnashing of teeth, I think will be hysterical. Uh, Two, they will break up. Because, oh, oh, well, no, number two is because uh, I'm just tired of seeing her face every second in the game. 
in just the first half of this football game, they panned to her 10 times. A total of like 30 times because Travis Kelsey had a fantastic game. They kept showing her stupid face on the damn television. And, I, and, and the, the announcers were no better. The announcers were sitting back. Uh, Tony Romo, who was one of the announcers, the, the other announcer, who I don't know who that was, he was making a comment about Kelsey and Kelsey and Swift. And Tony Romo had no idea what he was talking about. Because Tony Romo, of course, is a football guy. He's watching the football game. And so when he made a Swift Kelsey remark, he thought he was actually talking about how fast Kelsey was. And he disagreed. He just said, well, Kelsey's not really fast, but he runs his... And it was... The, the other announcer had to bring him back to Taylor Swift. And he said, oh, yeah, that too. I see what you're doing. Well, no one cares. Anyone's watching football doesn't care about football. This is the NFL's attempt to get women to watch football. That, that's what this is. This is a PR move. There's no doubt about it. Well, here's the thing. Maybe football doesn't want women to start watching football because Taylor Swift is there. Okay? Because here's a study uh, from the United Kingdom. The Independent came up with this, which is a newspaper in the United Kingdom. And basically, they say something about people who are obsessed with celebrities that, I don't know, I'm pretty sure I already thought of. Okay, let's let's listen to let's read this article. This is funny. Um, blah blah blah. People who are obsessed with Hollywood gossip and celebrity culture may be less intelligent. New research suggests a Hungarian study published in BMC Psychology found quote a direct association between celebrity worship and poorer performance on cognitive tests. End quote. The research was conducted using a survey of 1,763 adults, that's a pretty decent-sized survey, who completed a series of tasks, including a 30-word vocabulary test and a digit symbol substitution test. They also completed a, quote, celebrity attitude scale, end quote, questionnaire created in order to establish how interested they are in famous people. The questionnaire required people to answer simply yes or no to a series of statements. Of course, for the celebrity worshipers, yes or no is going to be about the only thing they understand. These included, quote, I often feel compelled to learn the personal habits of my favorite celebrity. I am obsessed by details of my favorite celebrity's life. And if I were lucky enough to meet my favorite celebrity and he, she asked me to do something illegal as a favor, I would probably do it. I mean, wow, really? The researchers conclude that those who scored the highest on the celebrity attitude scale also had a lower performance on two cognitive ability tests. Well, of course they did. They're too busy following their celebrities. They're not paying attention to things like reading, things like how to calculate your tip on, a, uh, on your restaurant bill. They're only worried about what Taylor Swift and, and Travis Kelsey are doing. And by the way, the people who were obsessed with this Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift thing, never even knew who Travis Kelsey, uh, Travis Kelsey was. I guarantee it. No one knew who he was. Oh, there's Travis Kelsey. How do you know that? 
Well, because he's with Taylor Swift, blah, blah, blah. However, they acknowledge, uh, continuing with this, however, they acknowledge they could not say whether the obsession with celebrity culture was either a cause or a consequence of having lower cognitive abilities. Well, yeah, I'm t I, I tell you what, this, this is, 1700 is a pretty decent scale. Um, I'm sorry, we already have the entire school system in the United States to prove that this is probably true. Okay, here's the problem with our, with, our, with our culture. Our culture is obsessed with celebrities. Our culture is obsessed with rappers. Cardi B has absolutely no talent. She can rap, which means she can rhyme really fast, and she has no problems wearing a thong in front of an audience. That's Cardi B. There is no talent whatsoever. The only thing she writes about are her... Uh, is her vagina and her ass. That's the only thing she... And she and she twerks all the time. There is no talent in this woman. This is no Beethoven here. As a matter of fact, Cardi B's music, whenever whenever my daughter comes, and I think I've said this before, my, my stepdaughter will come over, well, Cardi B is as famous as Beethoven. Yeah, well, Cardi B will be forgotten in 10 years. Five years. You won't be able to name a song five years from now. Beethoven, on the other hand, you know Beethoven. He's been dead for like 400 years. So to sit there and say Cardi B is as famous as Beethoven, no, she's as famous now. In 10 years, let's see what happens when that ass begins to sag. And suddenly, like Madonna. Madonna got old, got looks old, and now she's ridiculous, and people think she's ridiculous. Only people in the 80s listen to Madonna. She's been completely forgotten, and she was way more famous than Cardi B was now. And meanwhile, Beethoven, you all know Beethoven, you all know Mozart. Who's more famous? Who's more longer-lasting? But here's the kicker. Our kids in school sit there and pay attention to these people. They learn from these people. They be want to become like these people. They want to be like P. Diddy. They want to be like Cardi B. You can tell they're all over, all over social media. You see just random people twerking. Every homemade rap video has the obligatory seven people twerking. That's what they want to. Do you think they're studying physics while they're sitting there and preparing to twerk on a music on a homemade music video? Do you think they're learning how to read? Do you think they're saying, I got to get through this video because I need to read the brothers Karamazov after? No, they're not. They're not studying. They're stupid. It's not that people who chase after celebrities are stupid. It's that the process of chasing celebrities makes people stupid. And that's the thing. I mean, after I do this, I'm going to finish editing the chapters in my book, print that out, then I'm going to read. That's what I do. And then, yeah, do I have my do I have my things? Yeah, sure, I watch baseball. I watch hockey. I watch football. I have my, my dead time, what I call dead time. Baseball, I honestly call dead time. I'm there just to sit and, and drool for an hour, two, two three hours. That's, that's my goal. But I don't follow the players. I also don't kill myself whenever my team loses, which they always do. 
So to sit back and say and sit back and think, and these guys qualify it by saying, "Well, we're not really sure." Yeah, you are. You're absolutely sure these people are dumb, and they're not dumb because they follow cele- celebrities, or uh, they're not they're not following celebrities because they're dumb. They're dumb because they are following celebrities. Okay. Let's get to this. I got five minutes. Let's go. Let's go with a lot, as much of this as I can get. Um, narcissism is a big thing with the LGBTQ community, and nothing is showing that more than this war in it, between Israel and Palestine. And this article, I had to read it. I don't know if I'm going to get through all of it because I'm going to end this at 45 minutes today. But this is an amazing. This is from them.us. And if you don't know what them.us is, that is an LGBTQ poop emoji cultist website. So here we go. I am an Israeli trans woman who desperately needs Palestine to be free. Okay, couple of problems right off the bat. You are, a, you are an Israeli. If you are a pro-Palestinian person, you're not truly an Israeli. You're just somebody, you're a Palestinian. You can't be Israeli and for Palestinian freedom. And you're not a woman. You're not a trans woman. It means you're a man. Okay, continuing. I need this because uh, needs Palestine, Palestine to be free. I need this, by the way, there is no Palestine. I need this because I refuse to accept that the massacre of peaceful protesters in Gaza is something that my people keep doing. I need this because I understand that trans liberation and Palestinian liberation are linked. Okay, first off, there are no peaceful protesters in Gaza. That's just not true. I I don't know. Right off the bat, this guy is already has almost, if this was the point of this article, then this article I would stop reading. This is not the point of the article. Okay, this, uh, uh, this is not the point of the article. Um, if you believe that there's a mass that there's a massacre of Gaza citizens in Gaza, you're an idiot. If you believe that they're peacefully protesting in Gaza, you're an idiot. If you believe that there is a Palestine and and it needs to be liberated, you're an idiot. There's never been a Palestine. If you believe that trans liberation and Palestinian liberation are are linked. Not only are you an idiot, you're you've got a death wish. You see a ton of this shit online, where trans the LGBTQ plus poop emoji group cultists are sitting back. And, I stand with Palestine. Well, good, you stand with Palestine. Go to Gaza right now and see what they do to you. They will cut off your head, cut off your penis, your female penis. And throw you from the top of a building. That's what they'll do. Continuing. Let's get to the point of this. Because I could go off for a week on that. About 10 months ago, I figured out what that I wanted to start hormone, repl- hormone replacement therapy. And in that way, medically transition. There were many reasons for this decision. But one of them was the, re- was the realization that growing up Israeli and trans in Jerusalem while being expected to become a Zionist man, left an aftermath in my body. Okay, aftermath in my body. I needed help to heal, 
and sense the growing around, growing a rounder, more tender body would help me connect with the justice-loving feminine child side inside of me, and that having such a body would help me grow from a soft place. Okay, what a load of bullshit. Do you even understand what this guy just said? He, in other words, he's unhappy, so he wants to be a chick. That's essentially what he's saying. And by the way, Jerusalem, Israel will let you do this, right? That should be a positive for Israel. He doesn't see it that way. Continuing, I was already grounded in my anti-Zionist Israeli identity. In other words, Zionism, Zionists are Jews. So you're anti-Jewish Israel identity. In other words, he's a genocidal maniac too. After I moved to New York, I was thrilled to find how the boycott, divestment, and sanctions, BTS, movement allowed me to work in a nonviolent and tangible way under Palestinian leadership to end the Israeli occupation of Palestine. Yet I still secretly wished for a moment that would alleviate me from the difficulties of my past. And I decided to the, mo- the moment of starting hormones would be it. So in other words, somehow this guy drugging himself on female hormones is going to make him one with the Hamas terrorists. Okay, let's go. I mean, that's the kind of lack of reason these people are using, by the way. And there's so much wrong with that paragraph. I'm just not even going to touch it because I already did. And so I waited until the Jewish New Year to go to my pharmacy and start that phase in my transition. I imagined the little ritual I would do while taking that first teal-colored pill. New Year, new Jew, new me. He's not a Jew. He's not a Jew. Sorry. He's not a Jew. But when the pharmacy handed me the bottles with my medication, I looked at the label and read produced by Teva Pharmaceuticals, and my heart stopped. Teva, a word meaning nature in Hebrew, is an Israeli-owned pharmaceutical company that I have vaguely heard about as a participant in the economy of the occupation. This must be a mistake, I thought. Excuse me, I said when I went back to the pharmacist. This estrogen is produced by an Israeli company, and I'm a supporter of BDS. Okay, um, the 10 things that never happened. Is this guy going up and saying this? Maybe he asked, inquired about the company. Yeah, he didn't actually say, I'm a supporter of BDS in New York. There's a 50% chance he's getting the shit beaten out of him. By the way, that's a joke. He's going to get kicked out of the store. So, yeah. Could I please have a prescription from a different manufacturer? This is the only manufacturer we carry, the pharmacist replied replied quickly. Of course he quickly replied. He didn't want to deal with this crazy-ass bitch. Uh, and bitch can be male, too. I was in shock. How could this be? I texted all my medicalized trans sisters on my way home and asked a simple question. Who makes our your hormones? Many of them didn't know offhand. It takes great deal to struggle and intense amount of questioning for my trans folks to get their hands on this life-saving medication. And once we do, we want to start immediately and experience the end to questions regarding the validity of our identity and our choices. But my sisters heard the urgency in my call and checked in as the responses came in. Every single one was either Tiva or a company that quick Google search listed as linked to Tiva. 
How did this one Israeli company play such a large role in the cross-gender hormone market? How did my body once again find itself as a battleground, a settlement, an ongoing pawn in the Zionist game? Okay, I'm done. Do you realize these pe- people are actually dying in Israel and in, in the West in the Gaza Strip and now in in southern Palestine, uh, southern Lebanon, and this dumb asshole can only think about his hormone pills coming from Israel? Israel, who's had babies murdered, stepped on, cut out of the wombs of mothers and beheaded? This is what this person... This is the ultimate in, in narcissism. This is narcissism. In its, in its complete form, this is a mental problem. When we say narcissism, I'm talking in the medically diagnosed mental problem level of narcissism. Like anybody is going to give a shit that you can take drugs to become a woman, which you'll never do, with everyone dying in Israel. And you, who support BDS and all this crap, now can't take your drugs. Which, by the way, if you read, he does. He does. He, he, he decides he has to. But he's going to go on another crusade and try and get an American company. to Which I don't know why an American company, because America is terrible too. I'm sure this guy thinks that. But, oh my lord. I, this is the dumbest article, and I couldn't believe I had to read at least half of it. I mean, there's more. I mean, the, the article is so stupid. Anyway, God bless you all. I hope you guys have a great day, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.